0: Stand Firm Conference 2023 hosted by Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Underwood in partnership with Ascension Church in Spring Hill and Ormo, Reformation Church in Wacol and Hope Reformed Baptist Church, Gold Coast in Helensville. Don't just sit on the bench, check out the details of these churches in the description below and be active within a local church. May God bless and equip you for good works. I'm going to welcome up our conference convener. He is the husband of Joy, who together raised their three boys with a little girl due literally any moment now. Weighing in at 205 pounds of gospel (laughs) preaching, Bible slinging patriarchy, please welcome up our conference convener and teaching elder of Hope Reform Baptist Church, Thomas Ford. All right. Okay. Good to see everybody. I have no clue what my poundage is in American count. Two hundred five sounds—it sounds low. It's a guess. uh, that that sounds like a low estimate. I'm guessing. Good to see everybody. You're glad to be at Stand Firm. Yeah. All right. Praise God. It's uh. This is our third. What is it? This is our fourth year. Whether we've done Stand Firm conference and uh, Hope Reform Baptist Church started doing it as it started as a young adults conference, but really just quickly became. Uh, let, let's encourage let's uh, uh, put some steel in the spine and some steroids in the muscles of the Christians uh, uh, that that are uh, in at least the splash zone of hope Reformed Baptist Church and see if we can't come together and by the preaching of the gospel and talking about a uh, uh, modern day and uh, 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 events that are going on and topics that need addressing and things that are being either ignored or badly taught how might we just uh, encourage one another have lots of a uh, uh, time of stirring each other up in the a, a between churches, and I'll say it again, because I said it last year, and then we succeeded and we had one. We're aiming for some weddings out of this as well, so if you're not a, a, a Hope a Reformed Baptist Church person and you're single, there is a desk up the back, you see somebody's got, Luke has got his hand up at the back there, go see Luca, he's taken, sorry, but please uh, register uh, with uh, with people way up the back, and we would love to get you some, uh, some partners uh, and start marrying you off, that's always a fun thing. Uh, But we're going to be, can you go, if you've got a Bible, you can open up there, uh, or you can just listen as I read a few verses out of Daniel chapter 11. Can you please go to Daniel chapter 11? We're very glad that you're here. I'm praising God for everybody here, uh, some still caught in horrible traffic, Uh, uh, praising God for all of the volunteers that have put a lot of time in for for tonight and getting things going, (laughs) and praising God that you would come and allow myself and Craig and Warren and Michael Foster to be teaching you, as well with uh, Keith for a portion of the time over many different topics. In Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, we find the the verse that our, our theme for this year was taken from. Daniel was prophesying at some point after 605 BC when uh, he was taken out into uh, uh, exile and he, he was in Babylon and the Lord gave him all sorts of uh, visions about things to come, much of it about the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ that will be established. But one of the things that he foresaw was was very specific, it's not written down in 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 great historical detail. It's given in in prophetic sort of a a foggy vision, and yet the prophetic detail is amazing. But he foresaw uh, much of the persecution that would come down onto God's people, the Israelites, through the king of the the Hellenistic sort of Greek-Syrian kingdom who reigned from 175 to 164 BC, that is before Christ. And his name was Antiochus IV. And he renamed himself, because he was a humble guy, he renamed himself Antiochus Epiphanes, which literally means God in the flesh, God manifest. He named himself this, and he part of his uh, uh, work was to wage war against the Israelites, to take control not only of the map, but also the religious uh, uh, scene, to take control of the worship, take control of the teaching, and he made life hell on earth for the Jewish people in that day. And in chapter 11, verse 30, we read this. For ships of Kittim shall come against him and he shall be afraid and withdraw and shall turn back and be enraged and take action. The reason we have a theme for Christians on taking action is because you don't need to be told that the evil every day, the, the world system around us and uh, evil and unrighteous people, they, they're pretty active bunch. They are taking action against the Lord God and specifically against what it, it says there in the rest of the sentence. He shall be enraged and take action against the holy covenant. He shall... Turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. Uh, Daniel was foreseeing this day that this, this Syrian Greek style king would be pushing in and over and oppressing God's people. And He said, he's going to be enraged and he's going to attack the sacred promises and relationship that God had with his people, the Israelites, in their land, uh, surrounding the temple and, and uh, focusing on worship with him through sacrifices. And he's going to come and attack that holy covenant. He knew that for God's people, it's the same today, the covenant that God establishes is central to, the, to who God's people are. God's covenant creates an identity for God's people. We're, we're new covenant people. If you're a Christian, uh, whatever you call you, believer, Christian, a uh, disciple of Jesus, one of the ways we can conceive of ourselves as is a covenant person of God or a, a new covenant person we somebody who's been brought by faith and faith alone into relationship with God through the promises in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God's covenant creates people and back in the old covenant times, Antiochus knew this. He knew that if he attacked the covenant, he would be attacking God's people and all of his purposes. And he was pretty slick. He was pretty sly. It says here in verse 30, He shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the holy covenant. This is the nominal Old Testament people. These are the people who said, we follow Yahweh. Yeah, we like Moses' God. We like Abraham's God. He's our God. But in practice, in discipline, in conviction, in belief, and in in their lifestyle, they did not actually uh, honor and glorify God through the covenant terms that he had made. And you see this all throughout history that that the tyrant and the persecutor and whoever it is that the devil seems to be using to attack God's purposes— they love to team up with and pay attention to those who forsake the covenant. The, the crack in the walls which allowed him to come in and start a very sly, uh, 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 tyrannical attack against God's people. The crack in the wall was the cowards. Was the people who said that they love God, obey God, fear God, but in fact did not. They did not. Rather, they, forsake, they forsook God's holy, holy covenant. Look at Verse 31 forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and the fortress and shall take away the regular burnt offering. In other words, light stuff on fire, pull down the temple, pull down the buildings, get in the way of worship to God and desecrate the temple take away the regular church services and the burnt offerings and they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate this was him for seeing this day when the gentiles the filthy uh, uh, dirty people who are not god's people they were going to come get between god and his people the cowards would be pushed to one side and gathered into the to the to the wings of the uh, under the wings of antiochus but those who know, knew knew their god those who know their God would do something very particular. We, we see this even today. We see it in their day that as Antiochus paid attention to those who forsook the covenant, forsook the holy covenant, considered their relationship with God as pretty important. They, they appreciated it, but it wasn't all important. He liked them. He tolerated them. We see this today. If you're a Christian but nominal, you're a Christian but you're squishy, you're a Christian but you don't mind moving, you grounding and you're your standing every couple of months with the political and social climate. They like you. They tolerate you. They prefer you to the other hard, fast, narrow, bigot Christians. They like your religion as long as you are one who forsakes the covenant. And what we see in Antiochus here is that he has two ways, two main ways that he brought his persecution. One was with outright attack. He he was the abomination that makes desolate. He burned things, ripped it down, killed people in the streets, took pig's blood into the temple and desecrated it. But he also did something else which we see in verse 32. Verse 31 foretells the scene of December, 168 B.C. When he entered into the temple, slew the pig, spread the blood, and desecrated God's holy place. But Then we see the, the other stream of his attack, which comes in in verse 32. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. It happens the same in every generation and and, and Daniel was foreseeing, surely he could see examples of that in his own day, those in Babylon who had been seduced with flattery, with with the book deals and and with the promotions of the job and and with being liked and tolerated and appreciated and, 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 uh, and put forward in all sorts of ways that were preferable. And positive. That's one of the slimy schemes of the devil is to offer out like a hanging carrot uh, a, a seat at the table, some clout, some reputation among the world, and people who do not know their God, people who forsake the covenant, Sometimes it happens under the, 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 the firm and fierce arm of Antiochus or whoever the devil is working through that it's persecution. This is the, the imprisonments. This is the, 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 the arresting. This is the you, you're being fined for things that you say. This is the, 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 the being killed or, 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 or attacked in these outright ways. This is the culture war and your rights being removed. Things like that. But the slimier way that the devil often works, and I think that he works first before the outright persecution comes, is with seduction of flattery. That the world starts to speak well of you if you just bow down bit by bit and moment by moment to what they say is preferable and tolerable. But Jesus said this in Luke nine twenty six. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words... Of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Jesus said, don't be ashamed of me. Matthew, he said, uh, uh, blessed is he who is not offended by me. How many of us can put our hands up and honestly say, never been offended by Je- You just haven't read Jesus. You haven't been deeply, deeply offended by his words. You, you just need to read more New Testament. He's an offensive, offensive teacher who held fast to the covenant that God gave to him to complete, and calls us to do the same thing. Look at what what our our time together tonight and tomorrow. This is our celebration. This is what we're coming around each other and uh, encouraging one another with. Is at the end of verse thirty two, the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. Know their God. How do we know God? How are we supposed how can we make sure we're those who know our God? Because it's more than a name, more than a, a baptism, more than a, a church attendance, more than a membership, more than merely political right wing sort of our leanings. That that's not knowing our God. Knowing our God is having faith in the one who reveals God to us, that is Jesus Christ, God's Son. Faith in Jesus Christ who lived for us, died for us, rose again for our justification and then was raised up into heaven where he rules and reigns. Jesus said, John 17 verse 3, this is eternal life. That they know the Father and the one whom he has sent. That they know Jesus. Do you know Jesus Christ in and through the gospel? That's the first one. To know him, you must be born again. You must be born again to know God truly, truly. Jesus Christ, because we're born dead and blind. So we know God through Jesus Christ. We need to know him in his word. We have to understand his word. Uh, we'll have people preaching the Bible to us this conference. We have to know what his word really says, because otherwise we're just slowly chipped away at. And the Bible is that anvil, that, that strengthening uh, a firm ground that we stand our feet upon. And while we must stand firm, we must also do something. A lot of conservative people, even Christians, I, I deal with, I'm a pastor, I deal with Christians all the time, part of the job. And as a pastor, people, Christians will have, they'll have really solid convictions. Or well, they'll know exactly what they believe, they'll know exactly what's wrong, and they'll, they'll know what's going badly, and they'll know what, uh, uh, what needs to be done. If they were king for a day, they'd get it all sorted. But, but they lack this, this last part of the verse, that they will take action. Be able to do something. Not just know what's wrong, but do something. Not just know uh, uh, what to complain about, but do something. And so this conference, it's it's going to be, I think, I think it's going to be annoyingly practical for, for everybody here. Probably annoyingly practical. There's, there's unlikely going to be any session that, we're, that you'll sit through, either some of the breakouts or the keynote sessions here, that you'll walk away uh, without feeling a bit of a, a burn, a little bit of a sting, a little bit of an encouraging kick on the backside to go, I, I should have been doing more. I, I can do more. But that's a part of the encouragement. Is We're not just coming in and, 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 and complaining in this defeatist, pessimistic mindset. Of, Isn't the world terrible? neither are we just coming in and thinking intellectually and conceited ways of, of theological filling our brains. It's not just that. It's courageous, standing firm, knowing what's right, knowing what God has revealed, standing firm in courageous ways. And at the same time, being able to enact some kind of plan, some kind of act of obedience over the next day, week, month, and year. Uh, for myself and my family and my church and my community on your street. These things are going to be immensely, immensely practical. So the Lord Jesus Christ said to us, I will be with you even to the end of the age. How How did it end up in Daniel's vision? He foresaw Antiochus Those who forsake the covenant as cowards and are seduced by the flattery of the world. But those who stand firm because they know their God and they, as the KJV says, they do great exploits. That's a great translation. ESV is usually my favorite, but that's a great translation. And they take action. They do something about it. There's a man by the name of Mattathias, uh, uh, and his sons were called the Maccabees because that's the translation of son of Mattathias, and he was a high priest, an elderly priest in Jerusalem at the time, and his four sons became, uh, uh, I guess you could say generals in the Jerusalem army. This is in the the 160s uh, BC, 160 years before the Lord Jesus Christ's incarnation, and they took to arms. They, they joined the army. They took up leadership. They did great exploits. They took action because they stood firm on God's word, promises, and covenant. They knew their God. And it was 168 in December B.C. that, that Antiochus went in and desecrated the temple. But it was 164... Four sons over four years with intense fighting, and they were able to push out the, the, the Seleucid Empire and, and remove Antiochus' uh, influence and then rededicate the temple. And later that year, Antiochus died. This is what we're praying for. The Christians would be grounded practical, but standing firm on God's word as we march forward. Can you stand up? I'm just going to pray over us again, and we're going to sing some songs. We, we love to, to come together and sing praises to God to get ourselves uh, into, uh, into the mindset of worship, not just thinking and hearing and talking, but, but worshiping God, because he's a good God, isn't he? He's, he's a, we can do that one again. He, he's a good God, isn't he? The Lord Jesus Christ is glorious, isn't he? And, and he's worthy of our worship. We're, we're going to give him worship together and, and we're going to get our, mindsets, uh, our minds into the frame of, of thinking how glorious he is and praying to him genuinely, calling on him to change us who have gathered here tonight. Let's pray. Father God, all throughout history, you've had your people. You have always been in the, the working of redeeming this, this sin-sunken world and, and saving this sin-sunken race. And you've always been doing it through some kind of human agency. You've, you've had your people. In the old covenant, we see that it was, it was those that Daniel prophesied, those who were in covenant with you, the, the, the Israelites, the old covenant people. They knew you. They obeyed. You worked through them. And it can become either just a Bible story, or it can become just just dead history. But I pray, Lord God, that in our in our consideration over this conference. In this time of, of worship now and in the, the hearing of the addresses tonight, that we would be challenged to not, not merely think of these things as, as, as tasks that other people have done, that other stages of history have seen your faithful hand work through them, but that we would be exhilarated and inspired and encouraged and grounded in your truth to be those who genuinely stand firm. And by your grace, O God, be those who take action that, that echoes into eternity. We pray that on the back of this conference, Christians, everyday Christians, would be encouraged to partner up, be encouraged to evangelize, be encouraged to speak more clearly, be encouraged to serve more in their churches and love their families better so that souls are brought into the kingdom so that churches are grown, so that our our culture around us is hearing the gospel and being saved by the gospel and, and communities of people are transformed by the power of the gospel. We pray, Lord God, that in your grace, you would rend the heavens and come down, that you would be gracious to us who have nothing in and of ourselves to boast, but we come to you in prayer. We know your covenant. We thank you for Jesus who died for us and we exalt his name. May he receive glory in the church. May he receive glory in our midst tonight. And may that glory ever extend across the world until the end of the ages. It is in his glorious name that we pray all of these things. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.